0: You've turned on
1: Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Effridge. Well, Shannon, I don't know where you fall on the spectrum of the holidays. But I mean, because you know they got some people that are there is no way you can have christmas music till after thanksgiving (laughs) and then you've got some people that are hey it's july i don't care i'm playing (laughs) christmas music and my decorations and tree are already up so i don't know where you are on the spectrum but hey happy holidays
0: Thank you. Can you believe that December is already here? (laughs) Man, it's
1: flying. Kind
0: of scary. It
1: is flying by. And so I also say that to all our Sexy Marriage Radio listeners. Happy holidays to you and yours. And I hope that the holiday season is great. And one of the things that I want to propose to uh, all of our listeners is um, holidays, there's no better time to up the sex than the holidays. Hmm.
0: And yet there's no, no worse time to try to fit it in when you are just bombarded with all the (laughs) shopping and the cooking and the, the holiday parties and the Christmas cards and all that. Yeah. This is when you have to find, time. or I'm sorry, this is when you have to make time to have sex, not just find time because you're not going to find the time. But
1: it also could mean, you know, Hey, look at your spouse in the eye and say to her or him, um, you don't need to get me a gift this year. You are my gift. Aww. I'm going to unwrap you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's and one less thing on this. A lot of
0: this. the women are rolling their eyes. Uh, it, going, oh. it, yeah, it probably
1: it probably won't work And when I say that to Pam, but hey, I'm going to try and I'll let you know. Uh, this, But if you want to let us know how it works for you, please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, give us any kind of comments. Or if you like what we got going on here, please give us a five-star review because that helps us climb the charts and spread the word. And speaking of gift giving, I want to spend a little bit of time, because we've had an email or two about this in the past, and this seems an appropriate time, that a gift you can give yourself and your marriage is sometimes seeking outside help when there's things Mm -hmm. that go on that will help you enhance or overcome or deal with whatever it is that may be a chronic or tragedy or whatever circumstance that's going on, and that would be the help of a professional that helps Navigate the waters of life and marriage. With yeah, you.
0: a third party who yep. can give you some insights and perspective that it may be difficult for you to muster individually or as a couple. And I do know that the holidays are always um, an emotionally tumultuous time <laughs> Yes, for they are. For a wide variety of reasons, you know, for some people it triggers old childhood wounds of, and I'm not talking about just never getting the pony for Christmas. I'm talking about, you know, some people have really traumatic episodes that are connected to the holiday seasons for them. If they lost a loved one during the holidays, um, if there was a really bad breakup in their life before during the holidays or whatever, sometimes it can just be a really painful season. So for those of you who are considering that maybe I need to see a counselor or a coach, maybe I need to talk to a third party, we wanted to give you some guidelines today. because As Corey said, um, some people have inquired as to what should they look for in someone that they could talk to about their marriage issues, about their sexuality issues, about their fears and anxieties, about all things relational, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So. Let's give them some tips, Corey. Let's help them kind of narrow the field because uh, I know that the temptation can be just to get out the phone. Does anybody do that anymore? Get out the phone book? But, no, but, but they do a
1: Google search.
0: Yeah, they, they do a Google search for someone in town. Mm-hmm. Just anybody with some letters behind their name yep. that's close enough that has openings. Yep. And I don't think that that throw a dart approach is the best yeah, approach I mean, here's, at all.
1: Here's the way I think of it is if if Shannon, you went to the doctor you know, to your primary care physician and they are in the course of your examination, they come to you and say, um, I'm sorry, Shannon, but I believe you've got something going on in your brain and it's going to be requiring surgery. You're not going to just go home and Google brain surgeon and schedule an appointment. <laughs>
0: no, you're going to want referral right, recommendations. You're going to yeah. ask,
1: you're going to ask doc, you're going to ask your doctor. You're going to ask friends. You're going hey." Who do I need to talk to? Who do you know? And that's the way I think therapy and coaching should be approached.
0: Yeah. You certainly don't just walk into a doc in the box and say, is there anybody here that can do brain surgery? You don't just (laughs) walk into any uh, therapy or counseling practice and say, hey, is there anybody here that can do fill in the blank type of counseling? Because I think that there's certainly a benefit uh, to the type of counselors out there who are kind of a jack of all trades type of a counselor that right. they deal in a wide variety of issues. Right. But what really irks me about sexuality and counseling is the fact that people can actually become licensed professional counselors um, or certified coaches or ordained ministers without ever having taken a single human sexuality course. Exactly. So how is that even possible? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> the- see, it's the same beef I have that you can have people that are trained as LPCs which I am that's one of my license mm-hmm. that have never been trained to work with couples but they do all kinds of couples work yeah and that's you know—it's the same thing it's ethically that's a violation in my book yeah you got to get some training in whatever it is so i want to i want real quick kind of we've we've referred to a couple so let's kind of lay the foundation for the different professions that are out there cuz i think this is important Yes. Because there's lots of resources that are available, and I'm not bashing any of these throughout this entire show. I want to make that no. very, very clear. They all serve a very good role for the health of people. Yes. But they also are specialized. And so keep in mind what what each one has done and what their target is. So we've referred to—sometimes you can reach out to ministers, clergy, or pastors and and get lay counseling, pastoral counseling, you know, ministerial counseling. And that's fine if it's a spiritual matter,
0: right? Right. I was going to say the kind of their go-to guide right. is going to be scripture,
1: right? So, so that's if,
0: if that's the type of guide that you're looking for, that's a great direction absolutely. to go because that's where their training lies is absolutely. in hermeneutics, is in inter properly interpreting scripture, uh, and and applying that to our everyday lives. Right. A pastor is great for that.
1: And there are some that are also professionally trained that have a, another degree. That'll go with it. But for the most part, that's what their wheelhouse is. Mm -hmm. Then you also have licensed psychologists. Their training is different than like mine was. So just to be very quick, you know, psychologist is more of the internal processing of what goes on inside the brain and how, you know, so you got a lot more of the diagnostic kind of stuff, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, those kinds of things. That's what they're trained to recognize and deal with and treat. You have licensed professional counselors which are qualified to work with all kinds of population. But again, it's still more the internal processing. Then you have mm-hmm. licensed marriage and family therapists, which are trained to work with couples and families in the systems that are, inter, are the interrelations and the relationships between them. And, then you and have,
0: I would think that would be a great direction to go. Absolutely. issues the issues right. that and that's, are presented
1: yeah, and that's from what, our audience. That's what I went and got a PhD in because it's the one I believe there you in. Go. That it's that it's so important. So
0: you are on the top of the of the <laughs> LMFT totem pole. Um, well,
1: between you and I, yes. <laughs> but, or food chain. Or <laughs> uh, there's lots of other therapists that are MFTs that are really really good, and so I I love MFTs. Uh, then you got licensed social workers, which can still work with people, but they're more trained to work with the inequalities among people, kind of a sociologist approach. You know, what are the right. different diagnostics? Welfare of, system, right.
0: child protective services, right. social services. And then yeah. you
1: have psychiatrists. And a psychiatrist is really just trained in meds. I mean, that, they go to med school for this. So they understand. Pharmacology. Right. They understand the body and then what medicine does to it. And so they are the specialists when it comes to any kind of med management med dispensing that kind of stuff. They some of them and do. And sometimes that's needed. Right, it is. And some of them do offer talk therapy and they're okay at it, but that's not, not that's not really their focus. Right. And then you have the world of coaching, which scares me because it's everybody <laughs> that says they're a coach is a coach because there's no governing board, which is right. sad. But right. there are there is training involved. I know you have that Shannon plus you have the wealth of your experience and your knowledge
0: right what, done. what I what I have is I have the masters in counseling so right. I have the same education that an LPC has but the the thing that I ran up against is after I was done with my masters degree I had to make a choice. Do I become a licensed professional counselor and operate under those rules and regulations, which included I could only see clients face to face in the state of Texas? But at the time, Every Woman's Battle had already been released. I had a couple of other books that were coming down the pike, and I was already getting inquiries from people all over the world, really. And so I just felt as if God was calling me to make myself available to those people who did reach out over telephone skype that they wanted to work with someone who specialized in this area right so for me to go the coaching route was really just to be able to work with a broader spectrum a broader population of people than what being an lpc would allow me in the state of texas
1: right and that's and that's i love coaching because it does allow you to expand your reach
0: yes and there are many counselors who are also coaches for that reason yes so they're both. They're not just one or the other. There are many who are both. And right. I think that that's a, a wise direction to right. go Right, And
1: that's, that's what I have because I work with people outside of the state and my license does not cross state lines. And yeah. so then it goes under a coaching umbrella. So there's your framework of everybody that's in the mental health, family health, sexual health world. And I like the point that you started off with of find somebody that has some training in the area you are seeking help in not just hey have you worked with this hey what have you studied in this
0: right and and ask the questions point blank yes what type of what type of coursework have you done in sexuality what type of coursework have you done in uh, marital dynamics or you know what's another tagline you can use for that Corey? well
1: yeah i put um the, uh, here's the questions i i come up with and i encourage people to use is what type of clients and issues do you specialize in mm-hmm because that gets you an idea of what it is they really enjoy working with. And right. if they give you the, oh, I work with all kinds. Okay, thank you. And then you just call somebody else <laughs> or you ask some more questions of, okay, but what's your favorite? What's, what mm-hmm. do you yeah, really what's your like? Yeah, sweet spot? Yeah, what do you really like working with? Mm-hmm. And then how much experience do you have working with that? As in what percentage of your practice is that?
0: Right. And for example, like um, someone who is married to or has themselves a sex addiction, there are licensed professional counselors out there who work with a sex-addicted population. Mm -hmm. That's their specialty. They've read every book under the sun that they could put their hands on. They have just their experience in doing individual and group work with this population of people. It gives them an edge over the jack-of-all-trades type of counselor who maybe has seen a handful of sex-addicted people throughout their practice, but this is not something that they're so well-versed in that they could help anyone who's struggling with that particular addiction. So mm-hmm. you're kind of taking a gamble to go with a counselor who has a broader repertoire. We really encourage you to consider working directly with someone who who does have a specialty, who does have an area that this is their passion, this is their sweet spot, this is the area that they've studied more than any other area, and they are intimately familiar with the dynamics that come part and parcel with the issue that you're struggling with.
1: Right. And then I would, I would even encourage one other question that kind of pulls back a little bit more of what's your view of the human, you know, of the human condition? How do you view people in general? Because you get in, in, in my world as far as with the counseling world, you get into some of the people that view humans as that they're broken and we can never be fixed. Or do you view people as we're capable of all kinds of stuff? We can overcome lots of things. And it gives you an idea of what's the kind of slant they have of Mm -hmm. just people, because that helps you know, is this going to be somebody that really encourages me or is this going to be somebody that really kind of beats me down and makes me feel worse? And sadly, that can happen.
0: And I also think that it's important that you find someone who somewhat shares your spiritual values. Because a counselor who will not integrate the spiritual component into the counseling experience is probably going to leave you wondering, now, does all this line up with my spiritual values? And if you're working with someone who does look uh, through a Christian worldview lens like you do, it's probably just going to give you a peace of mind. Right. Or there are people out there who really don't want to work with someone with a Christian worldview lens. And so by all means, ask those questions. It's not offensive to a counselor to be asked those types of questions. They're used to that. I get that all the time. Don't you, Corey?
1: I do. And that's one of those, I want people, I want to work with the people that are the best fit with me. Because those are the more fun (laughs) conversations and the more productive approaches. But so you also get into this, okay, what if you're asking somebody some questions, you know, like they've called you and they're asking you all these different questions and you're getting the sense of, hey, I don't think I'm a really good fit with this, you know, because every therapist should have some boundaries, you know, every Mm -hmm. coach should have some boundaries. Like for me, if I'm working with a couple, I will go anywhere and everywhere they want to when regarding their sex life. If I'm working with a woman, I will not.
0: Okay. And I have the same philosophy. I will work with a couple and I will work with a woman, right. but I will not work with a man in isolation right. about that particular yeah. issue.
1: Yeah. And that's just that's good judgment. <laughs> so right. so right. it's learning those kinds of things because I've had some women that have called or set up something. And as we start unfolding this whole process, I'm like, wait, I don't know. We're not going to go here unless your husband is present. And if you'd like to talk to somebody else that you want to do it alone, I have several people you could talk to and they would be good. And so that's where it comes into the person that as you're talking to them, if they if they if you get this feeling of it's not a good fit, ask them for a referral. Maybe
0: exactly. they know somebody
1: that would be a good fit.
0: Exactly, because people who are connected in this counseling and coaching and therapy industry, we know other people out there who, who specialize in areas that maybe we're not as comfortable yep. or as experienced in. And we are always referring people, and they're frequently referring to us. Yep. And so it's, we will help you find the right person. Uh, <laughs> one of the things, though, that I challenge people to consider is is to look at the counseling or coaching experience not just as a problem-solving opportunity, but as a relation-building opportunity. Yes. Because I know for me, um, yeah, I, I've, I've had three different counselors in my lifetime. One, I saw for six months when I was entrenched in uh, the kind of the ripple effects of sex and love addiction. I wasn't actively acting out. That had been my teenage years, but I was just white-knuckling. And I needed to revisit and figure out, why does sexuality still pose such a big temptation for me because I'm a happily married woman in ministry and I shouldn't be feeling this way type of thing. So six months with the same woman, uh, was awesome. Awesome experience. Um, I had another gal that, um, it didn't last as long, but it was simply because we moved a hundred miles away. And, but, but she was good for the problem that I presented Um, although I have another story behind that I'll share in a moment, but then the, the, the third counselor, she's the one that I've been working with for 15 years Okay. because this is not just, and I'm not saying I see her weekly or, or even monthly, uh, you know, all the time i 'm saying that whenever something comes up in my life i 'm able to go back and reconnect with her, and i don 't have to start from scratch, yeah, she knows my family history, yeah. she knows my weaknesses, she knows my strengths, she knows my vulnerabilities, she knows uh, she knows my fantasies, she knows my deep, dark secrets, she knows all of that, so she 's able to incorporate all of that past information into the session right then. Yeah. So don't just look at a counselor as someone that I can go and make a one hour appointment with maybe two or three times and they've solved my problem and boom, we move on. It's kind of like a regular family physician. It's somebody that you just go back to as needed and build a long-term relationship with them. So let me tell you about the lady that uh, was kind of in between counselor one and three or counselor one and two, because I didn't stay going to this woman. I I saw her one time, Corey. Okay. And I... Uh, and this was a, this was a dock in the box type of counseling place. And my guess is she was fresh out of school and she was filling out her little intake form and she had her ankles uh, crossed and her knees pressed together really tight. And the tension in her body was so obvious. I mean, if you could envision the church lady, Dana Carvey on Saturday night live, <laughs> doing an intake with, yep. a, <laughs> with a client it, short of the lavender, Pantsuit, the the polyester pantsuit. This was this that, that that's who I was dealing with. Okay. And everything that I put out there on the table about my past history, it seemed like it was shocking to her because she would just look up from her paperwork with a deer in the headlights look and go, oh, and then go back to her note taking. Right. And after about forty minutes of this, I felt like the scum of the earth. Right. I wanted to just crawl out of that office. Right. And fortunately 2 weeks later, her boss contacted me and she said, "I noticed that you came in and only did one session. May I ask why you didn't return?" And I told her, I said, "I just felt so judged. I didn't feel as if this woman could possibly identify with the issues that I was bringing to the table." And the lady apologized and she said, "Shannon, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I am a recovering sex and love addict myself, and if you would please come back, and see me instead of her. I would really love an opportunity to work with you. So she she was the number two counselor that I did work with until we moved away. So if, a, if someone doesn't fit, don't just assume that right. because they have some letters behind their name that right. you should break off a piece and make it fit. If, if they're not a good match, move on.
1: Well, but I would also encourage move on after a discussion with them if you've had a couple of sessions. Because mm. I think that's a therapeutic process as well. To be able to bring up with them, you know, I don't feel like this is a really good fit. And see that what the courage and see what the therapist does with it. Yeah, because lots of times I mean, think of it this way. If if you have um a diagnosis of something from a from your family physician, isn't it kind of at some point you reach this logical, I want to get a second opinion just because I want to hear from sure. somebody else? And lots of really good doctors will say you might want to get a second opinion on this because I know I don't know it all. Right. And I think a therapist should have the same stance. A coach should have the same stance of, I know I don't have it all. So if you've got something that's not clicking between us, let me know. Cause that will get in the way more than what we can produce together. And so yeah. I can either maybe do some things differently or I can refer you to somebody that's going to be better. Cause I mean, I look at it when I, the way I approach every client is, One, I want to make sure it's a great fit. And then two, I want to work myself out of a job with them as fast as possible. Yes. Knowing that I will have them for a life, kind of like what you described. Because I have couples that do that, that I've worked with them for a while, and then I don't hear from them for a year or two. And then they come back in for one or two tune-up, and then they're off and running, and then something else happens with a stage of life, and they come back in, and they're off and running. And so awesome.
0: And and that's what I love about my coaching practice yep. is that I get to reconnect with these people. I've been seeing some of the same clients for five, six, seven years, and that's as long as I've been doing coaching. And right. so, yes, to form that relationship with people who know you, that you know you can trust right. and that will refer you if they brought an issue to you or to me that we didn't feel as if we could handle, we would immediately do the ethical thing and bring someone right. else into the mix. Right. And and they usually, when you refer a client, they usually come back to you, you know, with other issues because they trust you. They know that you're not going to try to venture into territory that exactly. you aren't
1: familiar with. Exactly. So so how do you know, let me, let's kind of real quick, as, as a client, how would you know if what you're doing with a therapist or coach isn't working as well? You know, because you kind of get to where... You know, psychologically, just making the call gives you a uptick on Mm -hmm. on things. You start to feel better just making the call and setting up an appointment. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, taking
0: taking control. Yeah, your big boy boxers, your big girl panties. Yeah, that's
1: why I've known of some therapists that have a huge waiting list. I don't really think they have a huge waiting list. They're using that therapeutic technique of just (laughs) setting it up will change we
0: got in we got an appointment and so they already are
1: coming in great and ready to go because they're experiencing better so Hmm. it's a great it's a great approach and it works but there's times where after that and then it's kind of dragging and you're like okay i don't really know if i'm getting anything out of this i don't i mean so how would you know do you have any experience with that because i do on
0: well uh, yeah and i certainly want to hear from you my immediate knee-jerk response to that is um, a lot of people have said to me that in their past experiences with a counselor they felt as if the counselor was letting them uh have I told the story about the whole scuba diving versus snorkeling thing in Hawaii yeah yeah about that they would kind of let them snorkel at the surface instead of grabbing them by the ankle and and yanking them really deep that they want to work with someone who will not just sit and listen and nod and give them positive regard right you know, that they want someone who will challenge them who will you know pull back the veil and say well this is how you're looking at it but have you considered that there may be room for a paradigm shift here what about this you <laughs> know, you want someone who does see it from a multifaceted view and is uh, going to challenge you to think outside the box and to think about it you know usually from a broader perspective um and, and we'll take you deeper into that issue rather right. than just sit and listen and smile and nod. I think that that's a surefire <laughs> way to know that you're working with someone who is there to fill hours and take home a paycheck, right. but isn't as passionate about really guiding you toward answers and right. freedom and, and you know, the, just the the answers that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. The other, the other signal is if you know a whole lot about the therapist's life.
0: Oh, <laughs> When they start um, divulging more to you than you yeah, are to them. When yeah, when they're talking
1: more about their world than yours, then mm-hmm. that's a signal that it's time to find something different. And that's when it becomes a therapeutic issue of you need to bring it up, say, wait, I am paying you for your time. You're not paying me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that's it. it you've got to just be straightforward because you need somebody that is going to be upfront, and you need somebody that's looking out for you. And helping you get where you want to go, because I think with coaching and with therapy, you were largely responsible for the process. You know, I, I think of it as, as the coach or as the therapist, we're the experts in the process, right? Mm -hmm. They're the experts in their life. And so we have to help them through this process, be, be better experts.
0: Right. And the answers usually are inside of them somewhere. And we have to teach them how to fish and discover those answers because, yeah, we're not here to solve anybody's problems or tell them how to live their life. We're here to help them discover how best to make choices and live their fullest life.
1: And I get the sense that you would be the type of of coach that would ask the really good questions.
0: I would like to think
1: so. Well, that's from what I know of you. That's what that's my gut is like, yeah, you would would ask the heart, the thought provoking questions.
0: I know that there's what they're saying and there's also what they're not saying. (laughs) Yes. You know, and so I do try to read between the lines and challenge them to think about what they aren't putting out there on the table. Does it actually exist? Or is this just a figment of my imagination? And usually, yeah, I kind of hit a nerve or hit the nail on the head. And they're like, how do you even know to ask that question? And it's like, you know, no temptation seizes you, but what is common there, there really are common patterns of Relating and interacting and feeling in the human psyche. Um, But it also brings to mind, Corey, I think that one of the advantages to working with someone that you just really feel a connection with is that, you know, we're wounded in relationship and therefore we're most often healed in relationship. So you need to have a counselor that you feel as if you do have a good relationship with you need to feel comfortable in your own skin in that person's office. You do not need to feel as if you're in the principal's office, right? Or that with that you're with the um, punitive aunt that is looking down her nose at you right. or whatever, which is kind of what I felt like uh, right. with that other counselor. You need to. There needs to feel some kind of like I look at Julianne as just this. That's my counselor that I've had for 15 years. I look at her as the cool big sister who's looking out for me, who's got my back, who's going to listen to what I say and then say, yeah, but Shannon, think about this. And just, is really cheering me on and will speak the truth and love to me. And so I think that it does kind of help to have a, almost like a familial spirit. I think that it can be very healing to have a counselor that makes you feel as if you're at home in their office and right. that you can work on old family wounds with this new family member. Right? Does that, does that hold water for you? Do it, you like to have that family spirit feeling uh, with the client? It,
1: it does, but I want to get to the heart of it and shoot straight and be brutally honest. Okay. That's, that's the approach I go with.
0: And, and you know, that was actually what brought this conversation up is a guy had emailed us, a listener, saying that there's really a need for some brutal honesty challenging me as a person that I mm-hmm. haven't gotten from other counselors. And he says, I really like Corey's approach in the way that he asks <laughs> questions that really challenges the core of who I am. Yep. And
1: that's, that's, yeah. where, uh, it, that's where it's the best for me when I have a couple that I can work with because I can see the dynamic between them and be able to be real harsh. But it's true, and I think what I have seen every time I've been able to do this is the best in the people rise up, and accept it and realize you know you're right you've cut right through it let's now deal with this, let's now and it's
0: biblical wounds from a friend can be trusted yep it hurts but so does surgery (laughs) yeah it hurts
1: (laughs) yeah but it's ultimately
0: healing it fixes you
1: (laughs) and and this is just I don't think I've ever said this on the air but this is a line I have used a lot of couples just because it fits and it, and it works. And this goes to your idea of there's so many f- familiarity kind of things that there's similar patterns in lots of couples and lots of families and lots of lives, right? That mm-hmm. there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm working with a couple and, you know, just recently I was working with one and she was very, very, very controlling and had extremely high expectations. And he was the quintessential nice guy of just, I will bow to her and cater to her and not make any waves. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he wasn't following through with anything. He was just, you know, pawning her off with his words. But there was part of him that wanted to kind of take the lead. That's what she wanted. She wanted him to be a man and lead and stand up. And so as we were going along, after I kind of got a really good sense of this, I just looked him straight in the eye and said, you know what I think you need to do is you need to take your penis back from her and you need to screw it on tightly <laughs> to your own body. And you need to learn how to use it well.
0: I love that.
1: <laughs> and she was offended. And he heard it and rose up and was like, you are exactly right.
0: And she probably learned to appreciate that and respect it eventually. Yeah. But yeah, initially it stings, like ripping a Band-Aid off. He's like, ah! But she, well, it, that it hit her. It
1: hit her head on in that she was going to have to give up control. Yeah, And so she was scared. And so she initially just ruffled her feathers at that. And she was like, I think that was a bit harsh. I'm like, well, thank you. It was intended to be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but it's just, I see that so often and I'm not, that's nothing sexual. That's just being your own person. You know, that's just learning how to be you and who you want to be. And that's what you, cause that's where I can only say that when I hear from a person that that's what they say and they want. So I was like, okay, well then do it.
0: Yep. Yeah and coaching is very very directive. I love the fact that you wear both the counselor hat and the coaching hat. But yeah, co- coaches are not going to let you just wallow in your muck. Right. They are going to be very very directive on how to uh how to get some traction, to get out of the rut, right. how to change patterns of relating, how to have a paradigm shift, how to live that life and have that relationship that you really want to have. They give right. you homework. They they really they push you. They have you journal. They they do exercises. They they're very, very hands-on in the process. But here's the thing. If you're going to expect the counselor or the coach to work harder for your healing than you do, don't even bother. Right. Don't waste your money. Right. This is this is about them facilitating your healing process. But you have to be willing to to work for it. You have to strive for it. Because as we said, the answers are inside of you. Yep. Hey, Corey, I have an idea. Um Is there something that you might offer our listeners uh for the holidays in the way of if you want to give each other a gift of you know deeper marital intimacy you know uh maybe a simple marriage you know e course or something like that uh because what I would like to say to the gentleman listening in is if you want to give your wife a really awesome Christmas gift that speaks volumes to her and will keep giving for years and years not just to her but to you also. I want you to consider giving her a gift certificate to a women at the well workshop. Uh, The dates are posted at Shannon And as a matter of fact, if you will just put in your, if, or she, she has to fill out the application form. If she will put in her comment section that, um, that she heard about it on sexy marriage radio, we'll give a 10% discount off as our Christmas gift to our listeners. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to encourage them to consider as a Christmas gift to one another to give them the gift of a better marriage in 2015?
1: Oh, I think there's, there's two you could do the, I've got the newest thing coming out, which is sex. Like you're on vacation. And that's just, that'll be largely for both men and women, but definitely a man can take it and realize, wait, there's things I'm getting in my own way for what I say I want. And it'll walk you through it. And Absolutely. So I'll do the same thing. You can get a 10% discount just by saying you heard about it on sexy marriage radio.
0: Yep. Our Christmas gift to you because we love you. We love you for listening and we love your feedback. So keep those emails coming.
1: Yes, please do. And so let me kind of wrap this whole thing up on seeking out help from a third party because there's cost involved. Right. And so that's one of those things that people like, Oh man, I, I, that's one more thing that I had to pay for. But Look at it this way. You're investing in your own life. You know, you're You're looking at, I mean, what's that worth? What's your marriage worth? What's your sex life worth if you were to put a dollar amount to it? And so one of the best things you can do for yourself is invest in yourself and your marriage. So when you reach those points, do it. Speak up, ask for help, use Shannon and I as a resource or even work with us right
0: absolutely we'd be delighted absolutely be
1: because that's what we do i mean we don't just do a sexy marriage radio you know we also we also have you know practices that we have going on and products that we create and seminars and workshops and so there's resources available so our, our hope is reach out and if it's not one of us you know hey email we'll maybe help you get get to the right person and we'd be happy to help you got anything else yep. to add shannon
0: nope just that a, a stronger marriage is a beautiful gift to absolutely give to one it
1: is so yeah. i hope that that's a great gift that keeps on giving and we will see you next time
0: god bless you guys